How were you feeling after your day of walk, Matt? I was feeling all right, actually, but I did. I thought I was going to come down with the flu this week. That's funny, because I think I am coming up down with it. Yeah, because I know you said you felt you were coming down with it last week because you got it off Lana, or you thought you yeah, got it off Lana. The headaches have gotten worse, but I'm yeah. physically able to move and stuff. Mm. So I, I'm okay. Yeah. Well, I thought you may have passed it on to me somehow, but it's it's all turned out all right. I'm actually okay. So if I am getting the flu, it's like the slowest moving flu. Yeah. In all of history. Yeah. If if I if I'm going to get the flu, it's deceived me that I'm not going to get it. Maybe that's like the new attack. Mm. Oh, talking about attacks, NHS cyber attack. What happened? The NHS has been cyber attacked. And they stole what information? I don't know. It only happened today, so I'm not sure, but a lot of the NH system, NHS systems are down. So basically we should try not to get the flu today. Yeah. Because we can't get help. I don't know who it is. I don't know whether like the Russians are trying to undermine our health service or something. But, but the Brits do that all on their own. Yeah, true. <laughs> don't really need help. No. Out of all things, why would Russia bother with that? I've got no idea. They've got bigger problems in their lives. They still haven't figured out Anastasia Romanov. No, no, that, that's what they really should be focusing on. Yeah, covering that up better so I couldn't break it apart and say, yeah, she's still alive. <laughs> Even though she'd be a hundred and something. Yeah, be better at this, Russia. Be better. <laughs> Ooh, I, I'd love to see you lecturing Vladimir Putin to his face about that. Oh, I wonder what I'd be like around Vladimir Putin. Um, in jail, probably. <laughs> but I haven't done anything illegal in Russia. But I don't know what it takes. Uh, maybe it's because I have an opinion. Maybe. That's probably it. People with opinions <laughs> go to jail. <laughs> That's not offensive to Russians at all. To be fair, we only hear about Russia from the West's perspective, so... And it's always going to be skewed a bit against Russia. So Russia could be a lovely country. Yeah, but then a lot of Russians don't like it. Mm. Like normal Russian people, like people like us that are, happen to be Russians, I don't know. really like it. Well, I think quite a lot of Russians Russians like it as well. So you're yeah. always going to get that. You're always going to get people who hate their own country and people who love their country to death, you know. Yeah. I just don't think I'd bode well in Russia. I don't think you would either. I don't know. It, it's a different country, apparently. Apparently, like, there's... You don't, like, hold doors open for people. I mean, you don't really... How rude! I know. What the hell? Like, you know, I, I always hold doors open for people in Leicester. Exactly. Do yeah. Russians not learn etiquette? Apparently not, I've been told. But ah, they have their you... way of doing things, you know. Yeah. So Who cares about nuclear weapons and stuff, man? It's they doors, are impolite. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how are you going to get through doors if someone's not opening them for you? Exactly. Or what's going to happen? Someone doesn't open it and it bashes on the next person's face. Yeah. Like, what's that going to be like? Then their health service will be in crisis because people will have loads of broken noses. Yeah. <sighs> Russia, sort yourself out. Yeah. Get that Paul Burrell, you know, that one that was oh, the butler God. to Diana. Because yeah. he did a show called La Debt to Lady. Get him round Russia. Yeah. Sort them out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that guy's so annoying. <laughs> oh, no, it wasn't a Ledetta lady. I think it was Australian princess. One of those type of shows. I know what you mean. Yeah, I, I, I remember seeing an episode of it. It made me vomit or something like that. Mm. Oh, it's awful. Let's send him to Russia. Mm. 
I think Ledette to Lady had two very posh women presenting it. Ah, okay. But it's in the same vein, and isn't it? And they kept saying, oh, you're meant to put the spoons like that. Yeah. That's right. No, you're meant to put the spoon in your mouth and then down to the bowl and then in your mouth again and down to the bowl and mm. in your mouth again. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I use a spoon. I don't know about everyone else. Mm. I think you meant I think you meant to just fling it at your face and hope it goes like in the Like a right slingshot. Place. Yeah. That would make meal times interesting. Yeah. Dinner time would be real exciting then. You know what? We don't need all this cutlery, right? All you need is a spoon, a knife, a fork. Well, I guess you need a teaspoon to stir your tea. But all these other ones, like, no, just go well, What other cutlery is there? If you go to posh places, they have, like, ten different types of forks, ten different types of spoons. I tell you what, I get, like, fish knives and steak uh, Yeah, knives. I understand the knives. Because, yeah, sometimes you need a sharper one. Because mm. you're not going to be able to cut into a steak with a re- regular cu- cutlery knife. Yeah. I get soup spoons. Uh, soup spoons, do you really need a different type of spoon for that? Yeah, because it's liquid. It pours into your mouth differently. Oh. Whereas if you're using, like, a dessert spoon, that's for more, like, solid-y kind of dessert. Dessert spoons, aren't they the really small ones? No, uh, teaspoons are the, the real small ones that go in tea. I'm thinking of the spoon with, like, a really long handle and a tiny top. That's for drinks isn't it i think i've had it for ice creams as well oh that's for uh, if you're eating you know like a sunday or something like that yes that's because the sundays are in tend to be quite long glasses or something like that you do realize we've ruined our whole opinion about all this cutlery you realize we do need it we yeah we need well I, i was saying we need it no you were saying that you understand the knife thing and i was saying we don't need any of this (laughs) <laughs> no, but we actually do need the ten spoons and yeah. the ten knives. But do we need all the forks? No, we do not. What different forks are there, though? I don't know. Like There's smaller forks. cutlery and plastic forks, isn't there? <laughs> That's all the different you forks. Metal and plastic, they're both cutlery. <laughs> <laughs> they're just different material. Well, the material, then. Uh, oh, you can no, get because forks. there are different types of forks as well. Are it's there? not just a standard. You can get smaller forks and bigger forks. Don't know what they're called. The smaller forks for kids, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they are there for. Okay. See? God. <laughs> I retract my point about us not needing all this cutlery. Yeah. Ledetto lady, you did right. Yeah. I also love walking around with a book on my head. Do you? No, I don't. It always falls because I slouch. <laughs> Which is maybe why I should probably start walking around with a book on my head. Yeah. Well, yeah, why do you do that? Uh, I think it's supposed to, like, help your posture. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think I've heard that, yeah. I always remember there's a funny um, thing from, like, um, one of the BBC News things. And you know how you can sometimes see in the background? Yeah. There's this funny one where there's a woman just carrying a load of things on top of her head in the background. Very talented. You can see why she got the job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she wasn't hosting, you know. You'd look an idiot if you were hosting with stuff on top of your head. I'd love to see her host. She could host the Debt to Lady reboot. Yeah, that really needs a reboot, doesn't it? It does. Like, who doesn't need a bit of Le Debt to Lady in their lives? That's a franchise we need, actually. It is. Now, like, all the CSIs are dying, let's bring back Le Debt to Lady. Yeah. You could even do, like, a film of it or something like that. <laughs> and it would end with the Le Debt turning into a lady and marrying a prince? Possibly. Isn't that just the Princess Diaries? Actually, she didn't marry a prince. She just became a proper princess. Yeah. And if you could follow it on, she could die in a car crash in a tunnel in Paris as well. 
<laughs> maybe we don't do that. Oh, okay. Yeah, go easy on that idea then. Oh, God. I wonder where you got inspiration for that idea from. I don't know. Has, has that happened before? I don't know. I don't talk about that type of stuff. Don't you? I'm a monarchist. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. I, thought, I thought you were going to say, yeah. Uh, because you don't believe in those conspiracy theories, do you? I believe in some of them. Uh, oh, you meant that particular one or conspiracy theories in general? About that woman, yes. Well, I mean, it's feasible that the Queen, the monarch, and her family, the firm, yeah, <laughs> Russia's a firm, the royal, British royal family are from uh, the firm, they could probably have done it if they wanted to. But it's also feasible that it was an accident. Yeah. I think, see, I just think it's an accident. You don't believe in any conspiracy theories. No, I don't in general. You are made for Russia. Yeah. Your mind is so easily melded. Yeah. See, I, I just don't get this idea about reprogramming or whatever it's called. You know what that Max Spires was talking about? I understand brainwashing. I mean, mm. but it's a lot of work. Do you know what? I, I accept that governments do things secretly. And I do accept that conspiracy theories may be on the right track on certain things. I just think they go a bit too far. They're a bit too outlandish. How stupid would you feel if some of them turned out to be true? Personally, I'm not that affected by them, so I wouldn't feel terrible about them. Okay. I mean, I would probably feel slightly sheepish that I'd come on here and said, they're definitely not true. (laughs) Why do you think I would say, oh, it could be true, it could not? Oh, right. You're just trying to not get publicly humiliated then i think i've already been publicly humiliated on this show yeah just by being yourself (laughs) almost a hundred times matt did you know that really almost a hundred times oh my god i don't know where we get the stamina for this i don't i just really sometimes just want to fall asleep in the middle of doing this usually when you're talking (laughs) funny (laughs) isn't it time for intro music soon probably probably so Tarmen, please insert the intro music if you're awake and you haven't fallen asleep because of Matt's, you know, rambling. Wake up. Are we back? I don't know. Are you? Uh, maybe not. Maybe she's still asleep. I hope a, she is. A future Tarmen, wake up and put the intro music. If that means she's not talking. Wow. <laughs> oh, no, there it is. Okay, welcome back from the intro music. Mm. What's this week's episode going to be about, Tarman? It's the tragic one. Whenever we do an episode about a child, it is depressing because they are the most infuriating and the most confusing and Mm. the ones that drag on for eons because they're children. Yeah. We can't help that. How about public just stop hurting your children and then we won't have to do episodes about yeah them. it's your fault really yeah stop murdering children yeah that's, well we don't actually best. know if this one was really murdered true yeah so this week we are doing the case of the boy in the box also known as america's unknown child mm-hmm. do you know much about it or do you just know the fact that i told you that it's about a boy in a box and yeah i'm just guessing it's about someone in a box Probably a boy. I think it was just someone, because I wouldn't have minded if it was someone. Who who was it? It's about a boy in a box. I mean, the title of the episode... Look up at the title of the episode. Oh, I mean, yeah. you can see it there on the screen. Yeah. The boy in the box episode. I thought boy. you meant, uh, like, he was someone in particular, not just a like, boy. Well, he is someone in particular, but the tragic thing about it is we don't know who he is. So, 
it is about a boy in a box. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Why are we so laughing about this? On February the... What? Why are we laughing about this? <laughs> I don't know. It's really sad. Because we know what's coming, maybe. Yeah. It's nervous laughter. Yeah. So, on February the 25th, 1957, a large box was found containing a child of about... Four, he's about four years old. Some... Sources say he's from three to seven, but I think he's about four or five. Mm. That's the most common number that comes up is four and five. So he's about four to five years old. He was naked, wrapped in a blanket, a cotton blanket that was faded and had diamond and I think square patches on it, patterns on it. Yeah. Uh, His hair had been cropped short. Uh, His nails had been trimmed. It looks like he had undergone this grooming shortly before his death or shortly after his death because there were still clumps of hair on his body. Yeah. He was discovered initially by a man whose name I don't know. So this man, he was setting animal traps. Oh, yeah. And the man didn't actually report the body because it was illegal to set animal traps there because... He'd get in trouble, definitely get in trouble for setting animal traps because that's more important than the fact that there's a dead child there. Well, to him, obviously, yeah. Yeah, well, it's more important to him than this lost child, this dead child. When he actually discovered the body, he saw a box, and on the box it was marked fragile and handled with care, which just brings a shiver down my spine. And when he actually looked into the box, he actually thought it was a doll about 40, 41 inches tall. And it was only when he looked closer, he realised it was a boy. So he didn't report anything. Uh, A few days later, a man named Frederick Benosis came across the box as well. But he Mm. didn't report it immediately. He reported it a day later. And his official line initially was that he saw a rabbit going into the field and he knew there were animal traps. So he went to try and save him. But the actual story was that he was a peeping Tom, so he didn't want to get in trouble. Ah. That's why he waited a day to come up with that rabbit story. Yeah. Uh, And apparently it's a priest or someone that prompted him to come forward. So if it wasn't for, like, religious guilt, he wouldn't have come forward. So initially, the police believed it would be easy to find out the identity of the boy, at least. Maybe not the killer, per se, but the identity, because he's a four-year-old boy. Obviously, he's been reported missing. People must be missing the child. You would have thought so. Yeah, people would have known who the child was. But no one had come forward. No one matching that description had a missing persons report filed. And we bitch and moan about police all the time and how they don't do their work properly. Yeah. With this case, they seem to be doing a lot of work. They had... 270 police just canvassing the area, searching the woods and parks and places in that area, trying to come up with any clues. They were chasing down leads, even if they were minute, and they still are today, and it was in 1957. Wow. So credit to them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and they were sending out pictures. Uh, We'll get onto the picture thing a little later as well, because it's a bit creepy to me. I think I've seen that picture. Yeah, it's not just that picture. Um, There were pictures posted everywhere, like, Attached to people's gas and electric bills, so everyone would see it. But still, no one came forward. So they obviously had to dig a little deeper. 
So luckily enough, sort of luckily, because we still don't know who the boy is, but it was a lead. The box that the boy was left in was actually traced back to J.C. Penny, which is like a, a store in America. I don't know if it's a department yeah. store or just a shop. And it still had a serial number from the manufacturer and the address of the actual J.C. Penny store it was from. So they did manage to find the J.C. Penny store. They discovered that only 12 had been sold. But the problem was that they'd all been sold in cash because it's 1957. And yeah. that's how most people paid in, I guess, because they didn't have cards. They could use checks, but... Ah, uh, yeah, they could, maybe. So they managed to trace back eight of the purchases. I've heard eight in some... Well, I've heard eight. I've read eight in some reports, and I've read as many as 11 in some reports, because people had come forward mm. uh, after hearing the news. Obviously, the police released that information, which I guess is a good thing and also a bad thing, because if I was the person that dumped it, I would have gotten rid of every evidence that I'd ever been to a JCPenney's in my life. Yeah. And this is before CCTV as well, so you can't prove that person was there as well. So Yeah. So, yeah, the police did their bit, but they sort of just kept coming up to dead ends. Mm. I'm going to have to talk about his body, I'm afraid. I did mention that his hair was cropped, his nails had been trimmed. Yeah. Uh, his ankles and feet were wrinkled like they'd been in water, either shortly before his death or shortly after his death. So that could be evidence that he was bathed or maybe something else. He wasn't drowned then? No, I was about to say his official uh, cause of death was uh, head injuries. So it could have been blunt force trauma, could have been an accident. Uh, but because of the way this case is, it's been opened up. It, the case is a homicide, hom homicide. Yeah. Because he was, he died and he was buried. Well, no, not even buried. He was left at a place. It was basically a dump site. People left their rubbish there. Yeah. Um, another interesting thing about the body was um, they tested his eyes. I think they used like a light or something, but they could see there was some dye around it. So it looks yeah. like he was using eye drops. So they think he might have had a chronic eye disease. Yeah. There also seemed to be surgical scars on his ankles and his groin area. And he had a scar along his chin, I believe. So he must have been known to some doctors or hospitals, right? As long as that's being done by a medical person, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the iodine drops, that has to be prescribed by someone. Yeah, I guess. Um, unless they're experimenting on this kid or something that, like that. That's awful. I didn't even think about that. Thank you, Matt. Thanks a lot. Oh, shut up. I think blame me. Blame the person that did it. <laughs> I blame you, person that did it. <laughs> so the police, they took prints of fingerprints, hands, feet, and sent them to hospitals and medical officials in the area initially, and then across the country and in Canada and New Mexico and eventually to Europe. But no luck, which is weird. Because yeah. I've also read in some places that it looks like it could have been scars left from, like, a transfusion. Transfusion. So that must have been, like, a doctor involved somehow. Yeah. I mean, I, cause you can have transfusions at that age, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he could have had it when he was younger, when he was a baby. Yeah. Another sickening note about his body. 
it was covered in bruises. Jesus. And I think I have said everything I can say about the body. If you, like, if, he, if he's having all this surgical work done on him, can't have been a, a very well kid or a very no. particularly healthy child. And if he's getting all bruised, he's either being like he's either unhealthy and being abused, or he's one of either of them. It's not great either way. Yeah. So there are so many different theories I've read over the years about this one. Yeah. A lot of them don't really make too much sense. A lot of them have been discounted. Yeah. One of the major theories that was battered around initially was from a Remington Bristow, who was the medical examiner on the case. Uh, one thing to note with this case is a lot of the people that were involved in investigating it never could let this go. Yeah. Seriously, till death. I understand it's hard. It's like a puzzle for them, but it's a tragic puzzle yeah. and they need to know the answer. And a lot of them were just like, we just need to put a name on that headstone because mm. there isn't one because they don't know who he is. Yeah. I don't even think it's about finding out the killer, but if there is a killer, it's about knowing who he is to give the boy a name. Yeah. I think it's, it's probably also, it sounds like a really tragic case as well. I mean, it's always tragic when a kid gets killed or whatever, but I think, yeah, this one is particularly tragic by the sounds of it. Mm. So the medical examiner, Remington Bristow, he was one of these investigators that couldn't let it go, and he was still working the case in up until 1993 when he died. Yeah. His theory is that he wasn't murdered, the child wasn't murdered, because of the way that he had been cleaned up and his hair had been cut and his nails had been trimmed and he was wrapped in the blanket. And he also believes that the body wasn't meant to be dumped. Uh, the person who was leaving it, the family member or the loved one, was planning on burying the body. So he thinks it might have been an accidental death, and the parents or carers, they thought they would get in trouble for it. Yeah. So he didn't believe the child had actually been murdered. He thought it was an accident. I don't really think the bruising helps his theory, but I guess not every person that beats their child... Intends to kill them. The, yeah, wants to kill their child. That could actually be an accident. Most people that beat their child, I'm sure... They actually do love their child. It's just there's something wrong with them, personally. Yeah. I guess it would make sense. It did seem to me that that's what you do if you clean up the child. He was posed in a specific way. His arms were crossed. It was like you'd just gone to sleep, really. So that does seem yeah. like a thing that a loving person would do for their child. Possibly, but it also seems like the thing a killer would do as well. Well... Remington's theory was that if it was a person that just killed him and didn't care about him, he would have just put him in a bin bag and chucked him in there. He wouldn't have cleaned him. He wouldn't. He wouldn't have put him in a box. Not all killers don't care though. Mm. Yeah, numerous examples of a killer. I think killers have buried people in a particular way. It's kind of like ritualistic. Maybe. Mm. So for Remington, this case grated on him so much that he actually went to see a psychic and. Remington is a man of science. Could you imagine how desperate you must be for a man yeah. of science to go to a psychic for help? Yeah. So, yeah, he went to a psychic whose name is Florence, I believe. And she actually led him to a property about one and a half miles away from where the body was found. And in that location, there was a foster home. Ah. Yes. A foster home that was run by an Arthur Nicoletti who had a stepdaughter that was around 20, I think, around the time that the boy in the box was discovered. Yeah. And 
Remington's theory is that the stepdaughter gave birth to a child out of wedlock and the child had passed away. And so she wouldn't be ridiculed because she was an unwed mother. They dumped the body. Uh. If it's about ridicule, I don't understand why they would have waited until he died naturally. Yeah. If they were so embarrassed by it, what, what were they doing with the child beforehand? Yeah. Were they just hiding it in a basement? Well, so is, is he got any reason to believe this other than made this near the area? Well, I'm assuming he felt something was iffy about the actual foster home because when they were revisited many years later, Arthur Nicoletti, he was married to his stepdaughter. Ooh. So that's a bit weird. That's close to Woody Allen kind of thing. Yeah, and you don't know how long that this man has been in her life. He could have been in her life since she was a baby. Who knows? And also, he actually refused to take a lie detector test. Yeah. Which is also a bit strange. I know some people don't like the idea of lie detector tests, but yeah. I feel like if you're telling the truth, does it really matter? I don't know. It's one of those things, like, you know, I know I always feel guilty when I see police people. So, you know, when you're being asked to take a lie detector test, perhaps he's assuming that they already think he's guilty. So mm, Maybe. Well, anyway, several years later, the mother actually, well, the mother, the stepdaughter turned wife. She gave up her DNA, I think, and they saw that there was no match. So she wasn't the child's biological mother. Oh, what a surprise. Yeah, that's the end of that theory. Yeah. I just realised I forgot to say what he actually looked like. Oh, right. Um, So he was pale. He had light brown slash blondish hair and he was severely malnourished. Yeah, it didn't surprise me. Kind of expecting that. (laughs) Okay, so there is another theory that the police were actually buying into. In May 2002... A woman that's been named M came forward. Yeah. She came forward to say that the boy was actually purchased by her mother in 1954 because her mother was an abusive drunk. And the reason that she purchased a child who was named Jonathan was purely because she wanted something to beat up when she was in a drunken rage. Wow. If you believe her story, the boy in the box is Jonathan and Jonathan was purchased purely to be abused. And she states that he was physically abused, sexually abused, and emotionally abused. He was four years old. Jesus. (laughs) If you believe this heinous story, he's four years old. Not only is he going through whatever surgeries or medical issues he has, he's also being severely abused. Yeah. Apparently, her mother finally killed him, put him out of his misery, I'd say, if he was actually undergoing all of that. Yeah. If we're gonna, if I'm gonna be perfectly honest, she finally did it because she was so enraged that she smacked his head against the floor of the bath. I think, I think it was the floor of the bath when he vomited up baked beans, and they decided to bury him, but they couldn't, so they ended up dumping him. And there was actually a witness around that area to say, saying that there were two shady-looking women in that area at the time. Yeah. Which could corroborate her story. Yeah. And also the vomit thing corroborates the story because the medical examiner found that he had eaten within two to three hours before his death. Yeah. But there was also like a brown fluid in his oesophagus, which could have been vomit. So it kind of does fit Yeah, everything we know, like with the injuries and the fact that this boy didn't exist is because his parents 
gave him up. Yeah. They sold him. So obviously they weren't looking for him. And he was kept in a basement as a, like a beating bag. So obviously no one else would be aware of him. He wouldn't have play friends. And it was it this M that put his well, body like that? Because if she cares, then she's more likely than the mother to place him like that, isn't she? I don't know that. Because if you're using someone like that, I don't think you're going to care how you're going to shove them in a box. I don't know. The thing about this theory is police were latching onto it because it did fit a lot of the stuff that they found. But the problem is a lot of the stuff they found was in the public domain. It had been released. Yeah. And they discovered that she suffered from mental illnesses. So they couldn't really take her statements as fact. Yeah. Which I understand. I do understand because I don't know how severe her mental illnesses were. Yeah. But if they were pretty severe, she could have easily let herself believe that or thought that that was what happened. Yeah. If she's surrounded by the information, she's read the information. Yeah. So it's perfectly believable that she had come up with it herself. Uh, They did talk to neighbours around where they were living and they didn't corroborate anything that M said. Yeah. And also, I don't really think that if he was being used as a beating bag, that the mother... M's mother would bother buying eye drops for him. Yeah. I mean, unless that whole eye drops thing is some weird torture thing or some abusive thing. I've taken loads of eye drops in my time for various different things. It's a pain in the ass because your mum holds your eyes open for 30 seconds so the actual drop actually circulates the eye before you can close it. But it wasn't painful. It's never been painful. It's been annoying, but not painful. And come on, if we're believing M's story, her mum was a brute. Do you think she's going to bother with complicated techniques of torture? She's going to want to punch the lights out of him, really, isn't she? Yeah. See, I can believe, like, the whole abusive thing because of the way his body was found, but I don't know. There was an author or someone was writing a book last year, I think, and they came out and said, oh, we found someone that was renting a house to a man that sold his child. And somehow that made a link between that family and the boy in the box. Yeah. But I don't think anything came of that, as far as I know. I've just read one thing that said that, and I don't think anything came of that. That could be just someone trying to connect the two together somehow. Yeah. As far as I know, the person that came out and said it wasn't like a detective or private investigator. Yeah. They were just a writer. They could just be looking for a story. They're looking for hits. Yeah. So I think this will be the last theory I talk about because it's my favourite one. Okay. Well, not favourite because I shouldn't have a favourite because the kid is dead. <laughs> and I blame you, whoever let him die, even though you're probably dead because it was 1957. Yeah. Okay, so my favourite theory comes from a forensic artist called Frank Bender, who was one of the founding members of the Vidoc Society, which is a society of retired investigators, police officers, and people in that line of work. And they work on cold cases, which is good. Yeah. Because actual police forces that are active, they can't really spend too much time on cold cases because there's always new crimes that crop up. Yeah. And they need to deal with that first because the fresher the leads and the fresher the crime, the more likely it is to be solved. Yeah. I mean, I highly doubt they could put a task force on the boy in the box now, can they? Because it wouldn't be feasible. So Frank Bender, he came up with a theory, and I really like this theory, that the boy in the box was raised a girl, which is why the hair had been cropped so short. 
and the nails had been trimmed was to make identifying the body that much harder because the boy had lived as a girl with long hair, long nails, then if that girl goes missing or people haven't seen that girl around for a little while, then they're not automatically going to link it to the boy in the box, are they? Because that's a boy. No. So I actually really like that theory because I think it's feasible that that would happen because um... you never know because say like the mother was mentally unstable yeah. and she thought for definite she was having a girl and she gave birth to a boy, still raised it as a girl. Or say that the mother was an unwed mother and had the baby in secret and decided to tell people that she was going to go and adopt her a little girl or someone from a family member or something like that. Because that happened a lot then, didn't it? People would travel, migrate because there was not a lot of money. So you would say, oh, you'll stay with Uncle Kevin, who's my cousin's cousin's cousin. Yeah. That unwed mother could have easily lied to people in her life saying, oh, I'm going to go up to, uh, adopt my niece or something or my best friend's daughter yeah. because she's fallen on hard times. And then she actually gives birth to a boy. Yeah. So to follow in with her storyline, she has to raise the boy as a girl. Yeah. And as the child gets older, obviously it's more difficult to hide it. Yeah. So maybe she killed him. Maybe he died. I don't know. Four. Still get away with it, though. Maybe. And it's not as if he's going to be growing a moustache or a beard. I don't know. Maybe it's traits that are unfeminine that he was coming across. Yeah, maybe. I think while it's possibly feasible, I think it's a bit fanciful, if I'm being honest. Mm. I like this theory. Yeah. I don't know. what. I think it's just because of the hair thing and the grooming. Yeah. Because I was in two minds, really. Because the way that he'd been cleaned up and you know, just placed in the box. It just seemed like it was from a loving person, but then it was just dumped in a pile of trash. I don't I, I don't know. The whole grooming thing to me sounds a bit creepy. Yeah, so I think there must be a reason for the grooming. So maybe that's it. He was raised as a girl. Um, I don't know. I mean, there could be other reasons, though, for it. Possibly, possibly. It could just be some creepy way. That's the, how the person liked it. That's really, really weird. Yeah, but then... Quite a few killers are kind of weird. Yeah, true. That is very true. So he's making a boy kind of grow up as a girl. Mm. Yeah, killing them. <laughs> yeah. Did you say where this happened though? Oh, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. No, not Pennsylvania. Is it Philadelphia? Pen- yeah, Philadelphia is in Pennsylvania. That's my geography skills, people. Ah. So Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. <laughs> I was wondering like halfway through, saying, "Oh, did I actually say where this was?" That was in the middle of like describing his body or something. Yeah. I was like, I'll leave that for now. I'll put it in the description so people know. Well, it's America, so people are moving around a lot. So I can I can see what you mean about migrating and stuff like that. Yeah, but also they did do tests on him to see his ancestry. And apparently there's Scandinavian in there, some more different types of European in there. So he could have come from another country, which is probably why when they sent out the initial prints in the US, mm. they might not have gotten anything back. Possibly. Although I think from there is a lot of Americans came from Europe anyway. So. That is also true. So that's one thing that could go that could go either way. That could. To be fair, I had that theory before I saw that he had the uh, European ancestry. I was like, what if he just came from another country? Yeah. Wouldn't that make more sense? The Scandinavian side's probably interesting because I don't think there's too many Scandinavians going over. Mm. I don't know that about that. I just I know like the English and the Irish went over. I think some of the French might have gone over. I'm pretty sure loads of different types of European went over, especially during the war, like the the Jewish population. Yeah, could have been. So the police has never actually arrested anyone. 
because they didn't know who the boy was, they didn't actually know what happened to him, they're not even 100% sure it's murder. Yeah. They did actually question Frederick Benosis following his discovery of the body, but he was quickly released. Uh, so they had no suspects and they had no clue who he was. Yeah. It's really frustrating. It feels like it's the Garnell Moore case again. Yeah. It feels like this guy had a really like bad life. He's not even a guy, he's a baby, basically. Yeah. He's like a toddler. And it's just not a nice way to go. But I like that he differs from Garnell because he wasn't forgotten. He's still not been forgotten. Yeah. In his initial burial, I mean, when he was actually buried in a grave, not in a JC Penny box, the police, they collected money to actually get him a coffin. And one of the police officers' children donated his clothes to dress him. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame that in his first burial, he was buried in a potter's field, which is usually reserved for, like, transients and people no one cares about and prisoners and stuff, which is really, really depressing. Yeah. But he was exhumed in 19... 19- 98 to get dna which it turned out to be fruitless because it was such a small sample yeah that they don't think they're ever going to get any hits yeah. and there was so much commotion about him being exhumed because people in the local area didn't like the idea of his peace being disturbed and he was part of their community they didn't want him moved they liked leaving him flowers there. The children left him flowers there. Oh, sounds nice, in a way. And after he was exhumed, he ended up being buried again in the Ivy Hill Cemetery. Yeah. In another grave. The second grave had a headstone saying America's unknown child, but they also left space for his name to be put on when they actually find out what who he is. Yeah. And in the first grave, actually, he did actually have a headstone. He was the only person in that area that had a headstone. Yeah. His first headstone said, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. And it does sound like the community really, like, took him to their hearts in a way. Yeah. It is tragic that this boy who had been probably neglected and abused in life only actually got love and appreciation and caring in death. That's the way it is, though, sometimes. Yeah. Because they only know about it until after then, so... But it's a bit like the Garnell Moore, the Bearbrook murders. How the hell did this child just disappear off the face of the earth? Yeah. The the lives are so secretive. It's easy for them to get away with it. Mm. Could you imagine how many more there are out there that just bodies haven't been discovered? Possibly loads. It's harrowing. Yeah, I think in a way you got to remember our our, our ideas about childhood only changed in the last like hundred or so years. So, what do you mean our ideas about childhood? Well, the Victorians didn't particularly care about children all that much, did they? Yeah, but they didn't go around killing them. Don't know about that, but it's very very different ideas about childhood. They didn't value children as much as we do. Well, I don't say I value children. It's just I think they're the same as everyone else. I wouldn't go around beating and killing an adult either. Yeah. I mean, that's also because I wouldn't be capable. Yeah, let's not get into that. Yeah. But, yeah, it's it's sad. And we're probably never going to find it out who he is. I doubt this, it. Right, because I'm assuming, because it was 1957, I'm assuming the parents were probably dead or dying. So unless we have, like, a deathbed confession... But even that, how can you take a deathbed confession as fact, though? Yeah. What's the proof? Unless they have their bodies tested, but then they only manage to get a small sample of DNA from the boy in the box. I think by the time they probably tested his DNA, it's probably denigrated too much by that. Yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons why they had such a small sample, because it had been 
decades. So it has any uh, whatever, yeah, words, yeah. mouth coming out. Of. <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't noticed, yeah, I've still got the headache. <laughs> but yeah, I, I really don't know. I think it's probably the girl one. He was raised as a girl. I'm not sure the circumstances, but I can see it. And it would make sense why no one's recognised him. Personally, I just think it's some creep who killed him. Yeah, but the creep must have been related to him because there was no missing child reported. No one came forward to claim him. Yeah, maybe. So it must have been like a parent or a carer, the person that's supposed to be taking care of him. It's it's some creepy carer or something like that. Mm. Or even creepy parent. You never know. Yeah. Fred and Rosemary West, people thought they were normal. Yeah. I think it could have been someone's, like, secret child or something like that. They could have had a child without anyone knowing it. Could have. I mean, they must have. Yeah. Clearly, hardly anyone knew about this child, so... Yeah. I think it's a child that was probably kept in a house most of its life. Also, like, the surgeries thing. Okay, maybe the girl theory isn't a solid theory if we're thinking about surgery as well, because I'm assuming the doctor would know the difference between a boy and a girl. Yeah, I don't know. Also, I mean, could have been a doctor, you know, doing surgery at home. True. Doesn't necessarily have to mean it's been done at an actual doctor's surgery. No, that's even worse. Yeah, I I still think the whole, like, surgery thing could be experimental as well, possibly. Thanks. Thank you, Matt. You know, I I don't mean to lighten the tone, but... Yeah. Oh, one thing that we were going to talk about and then we moved on, the photos of the boy that were released. Like, you would never get that now. The police would never release photos like that. No, they wouldn't tend to these days. The police released photos of his dead face from the front and from both sides. Mm. And not only that, the creepy thing that I was going to talk about before, but then I forgot, they dressed him in modern clothing and then sat him on a chair and posed him to make him look more lifelike in the hopes that people would recognise him. Yeah. I understand the effort. They're really grasping at straws here, but that's so creepy. Yeah, but I think it's the only thing they can do, really, in a way. Because mm. it's the only likeness you're going to get. The only other yeah. thing you can... Like, it's all very well, like, trying drawing him or getting some, like, artist's impression, but it's only, I think, when you see them in the human form, it becomes more real, I think. Yeah, but also creepy. I don't think they're doing it for creepy reasons, then. Oh, yeah, no, I know that. I understand the sentiment, but I'm just saying, creepy. Yeah, if that was the only option, I'd do it. It's your only way of trying to get some, like, identification for it. Do it. Mm. I don't know what more I can say about this, but I bet you like the Anastasia Romanov one. That the moment you stopped recording, I was like, ah, I should have said this, I should have said that, I should have said this. Yeah. Lately, I've been starting to think that maybe I should like write like general script outlines for episodes just so I know that I hit every point that I intend to make. Yeah, but even when you like you plan things, you think of something while you're recording sometimes. Yeah, and then you just go off on a tangent. Yeah, mm. and you can forget it, so... Yeah, so if there's anything I've forgotten, I'll let you know in the next episode. Yeah. See, the thing is, if there's, like, there's a name put in, does it really change things? Well, if we know his name and who he was, maybe we can trace back what actually happened to him. I still don't think we're going to find out too much, though. Oh, I don't think we're going to find out anything. Yeah. I think it's done. It's sad, but yeah. and it's horrible that it happened to him, but I don't think we're going to get anywhere. Yeah. I mean, sure, people will come out every few years with new theories, but 
I don't think it will amount to much. Yeah. Because theories are just that, theories. And it was in 1957. How are you going to prove a theory from 1957? DNA evidence is always the best way of trying to prove something. And there's very little DNA evidence. Yeah. What makes it believable is, like, forensic evidence, usually. When it's, like, just circumstantial evidence. It always feels like they're grasping at straws a little bit sometimes. Yeah, but I don't even think they'll have forensic evidence. Yeah. How good was forensics in 1957? I mean, they did what they can. I'm guessing it was still better than, like, in, like, the 1910s and stuff like that, but... Well, yeah, because there was, like, almost no forensic evidence in 1910s. Well, it was growing a little bit. It was starting up. Yeah, I think forensic evidence is usually best when you find it at the time, I think. Yeah, because it can get tainted and damaged over time. Yeah. People can corrupt it. If you miss something for something like some forensic evidence for, like, 60-odd years now. Yeah. That's a major oversight. (laughs) Mm. You know, if you miss something that's going to identify him, so... The thing is, they did find loads of different things. Like, they found a cap nearby as well that they thought belonged to him. Yeah. They traced it back to the store, and the person gave a good description of the person they sold it to. But they were paid in cash, so there was no information taken. So they found loads of different objects in that area because, like I said before, they had people scouring it. Yeah. And they did try their best to, they, to trace back every object to see if it was related to the boy in the box. Yeah. That they came up empty. So I do actually think they did the best they possibly could. I think they tried really hard. I think the only way you can miss something like that is when you're sometimes trying too hard mm. and just like overlook a simple thing sometimes. But I don't think they're going to find anything. Yeah, me either. This case is basically the opposite of Garnell Moore because the police tried really hard in this one. Yeah. Where did Garnell Moore happen? I can't remember now. Was it near Lincoln Oh, that was in Baltimore. Baltimore, yeah. I don't know. I think there's different things. Like, like, it doesn't sound like there's a whole army of ex-police officers and whatever, you know, whatever that group you were talking about. The Vidoc Society. I don't think there's a whole load of that in Baltimore, maybe, so... Maybe not. I mean, it does sound like those guys are the guys really keeping it going. Yeah, because some people do take the piss out of police and say they're useless and stuff. Yeah. But it's a true testament of the... I'm trying to think of the word. The stubbornness, maybe, that they never let this case go. Yeah. I mean, some detectives, I think, do take it quite personally sometimes. Yeah. That Remington Bristow. My God, because I read an article just about him. He would take annual leave vacation days to travel the country yeah. to chase up leads and spend his own money. And he'd carry the case files with him. It was like obsessive and it was heartbreaking. And his grandson said, yeah, he was still talking about it up until like the day he died. Yeah. Oh, by the way, Frank Bender, he's dead now. I forgot to say that before. All oh, right. <laughs> Yeah, he died in 2011. So I don't think that theory, the girl theory, is going to be expanded anymore. No, unless someone takes it on. Maybe you. Maybe me. (laughs) Maybe me. So, like, pay us so I can go to Philadelphia (laughs) and do some research. Yeah. And you can send us money by um, email. Maybe we should set up a PO box so people can send us checks. Oh, yes, because checks are really in fashion at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) I've, I've cashed a check before. I felt all grown up. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> you could do the email and then facebook and then twitter thing right yeah yeah because i don't know what else i could say about this and it's really upsetting so i want to stop yeah yeah and we've been doing this for over an hour let's wrap it up soon yeah
So, yeah, that's all the information I have on this. Yeah, I mean, either way, he died in a nasty way, so I don't think mm. there's going to be a nice end to it. It seemed like he had a hard life while he was living, so I'm glad that he is at peace. And yeah. The love he didn't find in life he has in death. Yeah, I suppose that's best you can hope for in this case, probably. Yeah. Poor boy. Yeah, poor boy. So anyway, I think we should probably say bye. Yeah. Bye. Farewell. We hope you didn't cry. I didn't say frustrating that much in this episode, <laughs> I must admit. Mm-hmm. I did restrain. I did say it, but just not much. Yeah, it's frustrating how little you said frustrating. I know, right? I know. So, yeah, that's it for this week. Yeah. See ya. Yeah, so long. Farewell. Au revoir. Right, it's going sound of music now. <laughs> the hills are alive with the sound of music. <laughs> and I think we should stop it there. Yeah.